In this episode, we continue our new series entitled For the People in the Back. Dr. Justin Hillhouse resumes this series by speaking on the influences of our kids and future generation. He explains that there is a lot that men can do to protect their kids and their families. However, praying is probably the least talked about. Therefore, Hillhouse gives us three things to pray about for our children. Now let's hear from Justin Hillhouse. If you have your copy of God's Word, open it up, turn it on. We are in 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, this will be my last time this month to speak. And then next week, our illustrious pastor. All right. I'm just leaving. And then our illustrious pastor will be here next week. Well, he is here, but he will be here next week to, uh, to, to lead us in God's Word. But now that we're off to a rough start... Uh, we are currently in a series called For the People in the Back Row. And while we are in this series, we're not talking necessarily about where you sit in the church when it comes time to walk into the church service, but rather we're talking about the position that we take sometimes in our lives, depending upon the situation. There are times when we are out front leading, and then there are times when we sit in the back and we just hope nobody calls on us. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about David and how he was faithful uh, to be out there, to be a shepherd. And the very foundation of his whole kingship was just there, learning to be a good shepherd. He was a good king because he took time to be a good shepherd. And then last week, we talked about how God uses the little things, the small things, the common things. God doesn't use great orders. He doesn't use the smartest people. He uses guys like me and guys like you to go out there and to share His gospel and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. That's who God uses. He doesn't use the great people or the famous people, but rather He uses guys like me and guys like you. And today I'm going to talk real briefly, and all the men said, Amen. okay, we're going to, I'm going to talk briefly. But I wanted to, yeah, I'm almost done. Boy, this is a tough crowd today, isn't it? Today I want to talk real, real briefly about what affects all of us here in this room. This affects all of us here in this room. And it is a subject that I am deeply convicted about, yet it is a subject that I sit on the back row a lot. Because I'll say, amen, yes, preach it. And I might even get teary-eyed. And I might even, you know, look over at my wife and say, honey, we need to do that. But then I get distracted, I get busy, and I just don't. <clears throat> I think about it, I say, hey, that is a great idea, but I just don't do it. And this is a subject that is not for boys. This is not a subject that's for dudes or for guys. This is a subject that is for men. Grown men. This is a subject for uncles. This is a subject for cousins. This is a subject for fathers. This is a subject for grandfathers. And men, 
There is a war for the hearts, the minds, and the attention of our children. There is a war for the hearts and the minds of our children and our grandchildren. And this war is currently being played out in the news. It is being played out in school board meetings. It is being played out in politics. It is being played out in our culture. And it is a war for the hearts, the minds, and the attention of our children. This war is not going to be won by a single piece of legislation. This war is not going to be won by just changing one school board member. This war is not going to be won if the Republicans or the Democrats are in office. It does not matter. And here's the problem is we will not find out who the victor is of this war until the next generation reaches adulthood. It's just not going to be won that fast. It is won over years, not in one single battle. It was Billy Sunday who said this, Be careful, Father. For while you are taking one lap around the devil's track, your boy will make six. Now, as hard as it's going to be to try to not make this political or cultural or some social type of sermon, I'm sure that what is running through your minds right now is a little bit of what Sloan's was talking about earlier. You know, we had the... You know, everybody was cheering, you know, hey, Twitter, you know, Elon Musk took over Twitter. We, we mentioned a little bit about uh, Florida and the issue with Disney. Um, uh, there's that school board that was uh, having those issues up there in Virginia, and of course. And when Yunkin was voted in, everybody cheered. We have the issue of teachers trying to teach five-year-olds about sexual identity. And guys, there's a whole host of issues that, that our children face that I never had to face when I was a kid. Like the worst thing in school was like chewing bubble gum. Remember that? <laughs> that was the worst thing in school. And today the subject has completely and totally changed. I, I came across Cross a quote from Adolf Hitler and it turned my stomach inside out. Listen to what Adolf Hitler said, and I quote The state, the state must declare the child to be the most precious treasure of the people. As long as the government is perceived as working for the benefit of the children, the people will happily endure almost any curtailment of liberty and almost any deprivation. Our government and our politics, our culture, our educational system, and even corporations today have discovered that our children are the most important assets to the future of our nation, and they are seeking to reshape them today. Not for the benefit of the day, today, but for the benefit of the future. 
Look at what Scripture says about children in Psalm 127, 3-5. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from Him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they are contended uh, with their opponents in court. And so there are plenty of things we can do to protect our family. We can vote, which by the way, you can start voting right now if you didn't know that. You can vote. You can throw money at the situation. You can change people on school boards. You can uh, elect new politicians. You can support certain programs. And all those things are good. And all those things are important, and should we do those? Absolutely, yes. But the most important thing, the most influential thing you can do, men, in this room today is to begin to pray for your children. And I tell you what, I sit in the back row and I let my wife do a lot of praying for our kids. I don't pray enough for my children. I can remember... My daughter is born, and I remember she's like five days old. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was at night. She was falling asleep in my arms. My wife, she was like passed out in the room. You know, next, I don't know why she would like given birth a few days ago. And she was like, I need my rest. I was like, well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I can remember holding my daughter, and I'm thinking about my wife. And I remember specifically saying, God... I don't know who, she, who she's going to marry, but I pray for her husband right now. I don't know who it is, but I pray for him right now. Guys, I can say I can remember that time, but I can say I've not prayed that enough over the last 16 years of her life. I've thought about it. I've kind of mentioned it to God, but I haven't spent a lot of time. And men... Us praying for our children and our grandchildren is probably one of the most practical and influential things that we can do, but it is probably one of the very least practiced and even talked about things among men. Our children need prayer today. You might have children that are five and six years old, that are teenagers, that are in college, they need prayer. You might have a child that is 60 years old. Guess what? They still need your prayers. They still need your prayers. You might have a family in which maybe some children have rebelled. That's okay. They still need your prayers. You might be in a situation where you've screwed up and you've blown up your family. Hey, guess what? That's okay. Because God is a forgiving God. And God is not a God that just lets the pieces lay there. He wants to put it back together. Guess what? That starts when you begin to pray for your children and pray for your family. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I love this. It says this. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray. I want the men everywhere to pray. To pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. So real quick, there are three things you can actively pray for your children about. Number one, we need to pray for their faith. Pray for their faith. 
We can give our children the truth all day long. However, ultimately, it is their decision on whether they're going to follow Jesus Christ or not. It's their decision. My faith is my faith. My children's faith is their own faith. I need to teach them the right direction to go. I need to show them the way, but it is up to them to take the path and to follow Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. John 10, 27 through 28. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. I like what Charles Spurgeon said. He said this, you will find all the true theology you need summed up into two short sentences. Salvation is all of the grace of God and damnation is all of the will of man. My children need to decide whether they are going to follow Jesus Christ or not. And we need to begin now, if your children are young, to pray for their salvation early in life. There are some of you, your kids may have strayed. You know what? That's okay. You can still pray for them right now. That God would call them and draw them back. Number two, you can pray for their character. You can pray for their character. A child with a strong sense of choices and making the right decisions will save them a lot of trouble. Not only right now, but also later on. Prayer for children and for our children concerning their character now will help them embrace goodness and integrity. And we need to be praying for our children that they would have the character and integrity that God would want them to have. Proverbs 10, 9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. 1 Chronicles 16, 11, look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. When there's a tough decision, we need to pray that our kids will turn first and foremost to God for the right direction and for the right decision. Because guess what? The same troubles and situations that you're going through, the same tough decisions, when you're sitting there and you're saying, well, there's one path here and then there's another path there, which one should I take? We need to begin to pray that our children look at those paths and then look to God and say, God, which path should I get to? Which is the right decision? Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only so, but also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Perseverance, that is a part of character. Not to just throw up our hands and say, well, I guess it just doesn't work. Well, I don't know how to do it. And we need to pray that our kids are persistent. You know, there's Philippians 4.8. Man, I should be praying for this for, for my kids. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Am I praying that my kid thinks about that? I guarantee you my kid isn't thinking about that. He's thinking about the next TikTok that's going to come across his cell phone. 
I'll tell you what, that's dangerous. Billy Graham said this, When wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. Man, we need to be praying for our kids' character. We need to be praying for their integrity. That their decisions would be God-honoring. And then third and finally, we need to pray that they have a desire for the things that matter. That they have a desire for the things that matter. It's hard to articulate to a child the things of this world that are fleeting and the things of this world that will last forever. And let's be honest, there's not much in this world that's going to last forever. Really, the only thing is our souls. And so what's important are the things of this world or the things of God. I'll never forget, we were on our way. We were getting ready to sell an item that my family was not happy about us selling. My son looked at me and said, Dad, why are we selling this? I said, well, number one, because we need the money. But number two, I said, you know what, it's okay. You know why? Because it's just stuff. I said, we can sell this, and guess what? We can buy another one. What does it matter? Who cares? We can sell a car. We can buy a car. We can sell a house. We can buy a house. Well, I don't know if you can buy a house now, but you get the point. (laughs) Guys, stuff is going to come in and out of our What really matters? Man, it's not the stuff. It's relationships. It's the people. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. Once you were not my people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against the soul. Titus 2, 11 through 13. I love this. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Look at this. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Guys, I told you it was going to be short. But I want you to spend some time at your tables. Frazier, if you would, please go ahead and start. I got some questions. And I know that there are probably some of you here in this room, you're struggling with your kids. You're struggling with your kids. And you don't know what to do. This is an opportunity for you here at this table. This is just kind of some guided, these aren't really questions. This is kind of a, hey, let's get to know each other around the table, but then let's take time and pray not only for each other, but also for our children. And don't hesitate. If you spend time in prayer at your table, to pray for your kids. And I want to challenge you. There's a last statement there on that piece of paper. It says, hey, if you have time this week, and I would encourage you, and you trust the guys around that table, take time and exchange numbers and encourage one another to pray for your children. Because that's the next generation. That's the leadership. Those are the ones that are going to be leading families here soon. No matter their age, I need to encourage you and I want to encourage you to pray for your kids. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. 
For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you come back to listen to future episodes of Men's Bible Study.